Hey, this is Pastor Sebastian coming to you from Burgundy, France. My family and I were on a little bit of a longer vacation this year uh, after a very busy and intense season these last couple of months. And uh, we're enjoying our family. We're enjoying being with our boys, Miles and William, and just spending a little bit of time together and jumping in lakes and having a lot of fun here. First in Austria, now in France. And we're hoping to tour through France and then maybe Northern Spain in the couple, next couple of weeks. Uh, but we're still thinking about what got, what's going on at, uh, at Thousand hills and we're so excited about hearing uh, the great reports that are coming back uh, from our interim team and the interim deacons and uh, the guest speakers that are coming through and we're so excited to announce announce today uh, a guest speaker from Jacksonville Florida but not from Celebration Church his name is Matthew McCluskey and Matthew is a good friend of uh, of ourselves and uh, a couple of people on uh, a couple of people on the team at Celebration Church and uh, he's, he's married to a, uh, a lady from Germany and that's why he spends most of his summers in Germany and why he could come over to speak for us this weekend. So I want you to open yourself up for this man of God. He's on fire for, for God and he, he, um, he really is passionate about the local church. And why don't we welcome ba Pastor Matthew with a warm Thousand Hills welcome. Hey guys, it's good to be here. <laughs> so good morning. Good morning. Yeah, so like uh, Pastor Sebastian was saying, uh, my wife is German, and the past two months we've been in Germany, and so uh, it's really nice to be here in Holland with you guys. How many of you guys are actually like Dutch? You were born in Holland, or just you were born in Holland? Okay. And then how many of you guys were born somewhere else than Holland? Okay, my hand's being raised. Okay, good, too. All right, I was too. But it's, it's really cool that, um, obviously, it's such an international uh, city, Hilversum. I've been hearing a little bit about it. I was saying with um, Yabin and Jan Willem. Do you know these guys? Yeah. Anyways, it's had such a beautiful time. And uh, it's really fun. It was really fun to visit with Sebastian and Ava in May. They came to visit Jacksonville along with some of, some of the team here. And it's just amazing to see the, the hearts that, um, that you know, you're, the, the, the team has for you guys. How they brag on you. They love you guys. And um, it's really true um, as I'm interacting with so many of you guys. So really beautiful to be here. Like, like uh, Pastor Sebastian said, uh, my wife and I, we actually don't go uh, to Celebration, although we love Celebration. Uh, I, I went there for around eight years, and my parents still go there. My parents are actually deacons there, and I love Celebration, uh, what they do in Jacksonville. And um, it's very special. So, so how about this? So actually, I am a pastor, as in uh, I've been ordained um, by a local congregation, but I'm, ac I'm actually a businessman. So I own a small business. Um, how many of, uh, we have around five employees, so it's a small business. How many of you guys, like you, you either are teachers or businessmen or businesswomen, you know, accountants or, yeah, okay. So how many of you guys get up around 6.30 in the morning to go to work every day? Okay, how many, how many of you at six? Okay, let's, well, anyways, that's me. Actually, so we have four kids, um, Mary, four kids, five and under. So, so Mary is five years old. Uh, Flora is around four, is four years old. My son, John, is two and a half. And then we have another uh, daughter, Heidi. She's around 11 months. So it's busy. How many of you guys grew up in families of like three or four siblings? Yeah, so, so it's busy, right? How many of you guys have three or four kids? Okay, all right. Who has five kids here? Okay, who has six? Okay, five. This is it. Okay, good. Well, we'll see. So, so I get up early, obviously. But, um, yeah, so just, yeah, again, want to thank Sebastian and Ava for having me here. So, in short, um, 
you know, I, I felt for a few weeks that I was going to pray on hearing God's voice, which is a really cool topic, which I hope we get into a little bit later. Um, but I really felt on Monday as I was just praying for you guys, um, the Lord was reminding, one ver- reminding me of one verse, and I kind of wanted to, uh, to just release that over you guys. So it's my first time to Holland. Um, so half of you are, you know, were born here. Um, half, of, half of us weren't. Uh, but it's my first time to Holland, but yet I've, I've really been impacted by, by this little country, <laughs> you could say. And I say that with love. I love little countries. I love, I love, I love the, the ethnic groups and, and the nations that, that God has birthed on the earth. Each one is so special. And um, I grew up, how many of you guys have ever read God's Smuggler or Brother Andrew? You guys know Brother Andrew. So yeah, so anyways, I read that when I was around 10 years old. And it really impacted me as a, as a young guy. And because of that, I really got a vision for Europe. So I studied German in high school, lived in Germany for a little while. I thought I was done with Germany. And then eight years later, I met my wife and, um, and also studied Russian. Um, but, you know, just reading about the, the heroes of the faith, so many of which were Dutch. And also, too, how this little country at one time, and I, and I say little with a lot of love. Please, please understand that. This, this little country at one time t- had people influencing world history on every single continent. So obviously you guys found a New York City. The Dutch found a New Amsterdam in America. You guys reached out and touched Asia and had colonies there. Touched, you know, actually at one time India belonged to Holland, right? South, Ameri- South Africa. So this little country touched every single continent in the world. And I believe that he's going to do it again. And as I was, as I was praying, I, I was just sensing like the, the destiny that's on the Dutch, that's on Holland, that's on Hilversum. And if you're here as a guest, you know, or a foreigner, you know, working here, you know, I think you probably can't help but love aspects of this country. And so God has a destiny for, for this, for this country. And this is the verse that came up in my heart, um, with Psalm 24, 7. And it says this, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory will come in. And I felt like he was saying this, is that he's coming to the Netherlands in a new wave. And I'm not saying that, you know, just because, but I really feel like this next year he's going to begin to do different things in Thousand Hills, in Hilversum, in the Netherlands, and, and, and new and beautiful things. And, um, you know, yeah, now, yeah, anyways, I, I just feel this. So I don't know about you, though. So how many of you guys pray for things to shift in your country, in the Netherlands? How many of you guys pray for this? Yeah, so I, I pray in the same way for America. I pray in the same way for Jacksonville. And so for so often... I feel like this was where I was. I would pray, and I always pray with my eyes closed, and sometimes I would see pictures of this mighty wave washing over America, washing over the world, this what mighty wave of revival, okay? But then God began to show me this, is that that wave, and a lot of times we think that wave is going to be like Billy Graham coming back from the dead to the Netherlands, <laughs> or, or who are some Dutch evangelists that you look up to, some evangelists from Holland, even from the past? Corey ten Boom, come on, yes. Anybody else? Somebody else. Say, somebody say one Dutchman that you look up to who, who, who released the gospel. Hmm? Okay, come on. So, so the thing is, is, is obviously these people are not coming back from the dead for Holland, right? And so this, this wave that we're waiting for, it's actually us, right? It's the little people of Holland. It's the little people who live here, including foreigners, right? Including people who've been adopted by the Dutch nation, right? Beginning to be Jesus, Okay, this is, this, is, this is it. And I felt like the Lord was saying this. It's like a Jesus wave is coming to Europe. It's coming to the Netherlands. It's coming to Hilversum. And it's coming in you. And there's going to be a new level that he's, that he's going to begin to release, I believe, this next year. And, 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 and this is the thing, is that so often I believe that, you know, the media, 
even different events that sometimes happen in our lives, it can build up a great narrative that the enemy's kingdom is advancing. So many of us as Christians, we believe somehow implicitly that five years from now, the enemy's kingdom is going to be greater than the Netherlands, than God's kingdom. You know what I'm saying? The, the narrative is things are just going to get worse. Things are just going to get worse. Our, our social conditions are just going to get worse. That, and we have to have more faith that in Hilversum, five years from now, there's going to be more Christians on the street. In Hilversum, five years from now, you're going to run into people and you're going to see Jesus in their eyes. You're going to see it. You're going to run into people and you're going to see people praying on the side of the road for each other, right? This is what five years from now is going to look like, right? And so we have to begin to, to, be, to believe in this, first of all. The enemy keeps us defeated, first off, in our thought life, right? As long as we're defeated up here, we're never going to live out victory in, in, in our daily interactions. You know what I'm saying? We have to begin to have faith for this again. And that's what I felt like the Lord was saying, like, I'm releasing faith for this. I'm releasing something, you know, into your church. And... Um, Another thing that I want to I say is this. is um, So I wanna, let's close our eyes really quick. Don't fall asleep, okay? Most pastors wouldn't dare to say close your eyes. But, um, but close your eyes. And I want you to imagine a white piece of paper, okay? That I want you to imagine this red dot in the center of that paper. A red dot's you. But around that, I want you to imagine little black dots. And the first ring around that are going to be your close family. Your brothers, your sisters your parents, your kids. And around that circle, I want you to put, I want you to imagine your, your, your cousins, your aunts, your uncles, your grandparents. And around that circle, I want you to imagine your, your good friends, the people that if you were moving to Amsterdam, you would call up to help you move. And around that, your extended circle of friends, your acquaintances, the baristas you see at the coffee shop, around that, and then the high school people that, hey, you still think about, you still have some relationship with. Okay, that, those people, those dots, that is your personal kingdom. We've all been given a personal kingdom to steward. Right? The person, your personal kingdom is the extent to which the expression of your will has an influence. Right? And it's the glory of our lives as we begin to beat red with the love of Jesus that, that as one year happens in two years, you can open your eyes, open, open your eyes, don't fall asleep. Look at your neighbor and see if their eyes are open. If not, say, be healed in Jesus' name. <laughs> All right. So, so th this, is, this is your personal kingdom. We've all been given a personal kingdom to steward, right? And it's the glory of our lives that as we inhabit conversations, it's kind of like we have red dust on us, that as we inhabit conversations, and as we respond, and as our hearts react to events around us, that our hearts would cast off like the red dust of the kingdom. And as we're just, as we're just wandering around throughout our day having conversations and the rhythms of our day, that slowly people begin to get this red dust on them, right? They begin to see Jesus in us. And over five years, every black dot has a little bit of his dust on him. And the people that are closest to us have a lot of dust on them, Okay. So this is what it means to obviously like host a kingdom. How many of you guys have ever, ever been around a depressed person? Okay, yeah. Okay, they walk in the room, right? They walk in the room. And do they have, to, and, and all of a sudden, how many of you guys have been in a conversation with a depressed person? Okay, how many of you people like out of those conversations you come away feeling a little depressed? You know what I'm saying? They host a kingdom that gets on you, okay? Now, the goal is, is for us to host Jesus in such a way 
that Jesus gets on them, okay? This is what we're called to do, is to be, is to be bearers of a kingdom, of another thinking processes, of, of how our hearts react, right? And, and as we go throughout the day, we begin to infect people. So many people would get excited if one of the young people here said, okay, I feel called to go to Mozambique to be a missionary, right? Or I feel called to go to the Caribbean or America or wherever. We get so excited. Um, but, what we're, but really, that person is just going to, for example, if it's a nurse, nurse going to Lebanon to be a missionary there, um, she's going to go over there and she's going to slowly build up a relational network around her in which she's called to be Jesus, right? And where she's going to put this red dust on people. In the same way, every single person in this room, whatever you do, if you work for the airlines, whatever you do, you are a bearer of a relational network in which we're called to express Jesus. So each person here is significant. I think for too long in the body of Christ, we've, we've put pastors and missionaries on certain pedestals. And in such a way, we've devalued that each one of us is called to be Jesus in the rhythms of our day. You know what I'm saying? We need to, we need to, we need to give Sebastian and Ava double honor. What they have to go through is very heavy at times. Double honor, double patience. But not to, we, we cannot come to a place where we devalue the significance of each person here. The Netherlands is not just made up of pastors or politicians. Thank heavens, right? Especially politicians, okay? The Netherlands is made up of truck drivers and people who take the trash out, doctors, teachers, medical professionals, it's all these different people, right? And together, the body of Christ in the same way is made up of this. So each one of us, each one of us, and the cool thing is, is that so many of us have interlocking kingdoms. As I put, as I put out the red dust of the kingdom in a place, so you actually pollinate the same person with red dust. And together, things begin to shift, right, as we begin to do this thing together. And that's what God's birthing here, right, his kingdom. So, and this thing is not passive. We don't just release Jesus in a passive way like, Jesus loves you, bro. Now, that's good. This is good. I've, I've had people get, get radically saved from one phrase like that. But it can look like this. Hey, we should never have a heart-to-heart -heart as Christians and just be like, I'll pray for you later. You should never say that. She say, hey, let, hey, man, let's, I want to pray for you right now. Right? And laying hands, or hey, girl, let me pray for you right now. Okay, it doesn't matter if it's, Dutch, if it's not Dutch culture. It doesn't matter if it's not your culture. It's kingdom culture. How many of you guys have ever had people pray for you, you, you know, and, and they prayed for two minutes, and, and you felt something lift off of you? How many of you guys have ever had that? Okay, yeah. Okay, so the, and sometimes the external situation doesn't even change, but yet... We view it differently, right? We view it from a higher place. So we're called to be bearers of this for other people. Does that make sense? Okay. So here's the thing, though. We can't just try to be Jesus. How many of you guys have ever just tried to be, to be more patient? It's a little bit hard. Now, we need to set our hearts into alignment with being patient, with being Jesus, right? There's, a, there's an aspect of surrender that only surrender can give us the fruit of. Okay, we have, to, we, have to, we have to set our hearts in this way. But it's not enough to strive to be something. We have to, we have to begin to get around somebody. We have to begin to get around the presence of Jesus more. How many of you guys had a bad friend in middle school? So you were around 10 to 16. You had a bad friend, okay? Everybody else had just purely good friends? You don't remember? Okay, I do believe some people here, they probably had good friends. This is good, okay? But for those of you who had bad friends, you probably can identify with this, okay? So when I was 11 years old, I didn't cuss at all, okay? When I was 12, my friend Paul cussed a lot. When I was 13, like every sentence was a cuss word, okay? But here's the thing. I didn't try to become like Paul. I simply began to put my thought patterns around his thought patterns, and his thought patterns infected me with something. Does that make sense? 
okay? So here's the thing. How many of you guys can identify with this? You're coming to church today, okay? You're coming and there's all these different thought patterns going through your mind about work, kids, all kinds of stuff, business, okay? You're driving in the car, okay? We come into the church service, okay? And all of a sudden, worship music starts, and you begin to worship Jesus, right? You begin to take your thoughts off of all these problems over here. <laughs> Just wanted to do that. I'll, I'll clean it up, guys. I'll clean it up, okay? But you, you begin to take your thoughts off of the problems, and you begin to cast your thoughts on Jesus, right? You begin to worship him. And it's around maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and I hope you guys can identify there's a shift in your inner man, right, where you feel, begin to feel his peace, his joy, his love. How many of you guys can identify with that shift? Okay, good. This should be normative, okay? So there's a shift in our inner man as we come into him, right, and as we begin to worship him. And in that place, our, our spirit begins to look like love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're, and holiness seems like so normal. Fear is foreign in that realm, right? You'd, and you'd have to rip yourself out of that to think of a lustful thought. You'd have to rip yourself out of that to think of something else. In that place, you think about the problem at work, and you're like, well, it's not that big of a deal, right? Or you think about the argument you had with your wife or your kids or whatever, and you're like, you know, I shouldn't have said that, right? You know what I'm saying? Okay, so this is the goal. There's, you know, I always say this to the, so I teach at a, I own, my own, I own my own business, a small business, and then I have some flexible time, and so I've been leading uh, evangelism for nine years at a Bible school, and I teach around an hour a week. But my real heart is just to be an older brother to them, to the students. There's around 200 young people that come through every year, okay? But I always tell them, okay, so it's little boys and little girls that wait for big men and, and big women to come in the room to set an atmosphere so that they come into it, okay? And so many of us will wait from Sunday to Sunday to enjoy this realm of his spirit, his peace, his joy, his love, his holiness. We'll, we'll starve ourselves throughout the week. We'll allow the affections of our heart to be captured by every other thing. Instead of just beginning to build up a furnace in our own, like, bedroom. Or if you guys ride, how many of you guys ride bikes around here? All right, good. Good, that means you're, you're in Holland, okay? So, it means you haven't died and gone to heaven yet. You're in Holland, okay? So, but so many of us, we believe it's like the worship team up here. This is what I, this is what I thought. I grew up and I thought, oh, it's the worship team. It's the corporate setting that allows me to experience the Lord. And I realized this, no, no, no. The only equation is this, to coming to an experience of him. It's will you stop allowing the gaze of your heart to be focused on the problems and just focus them on Jesus, right? And the more that this becomes the norm, right, the more the, the realm of his spirit becomes the norm in us, the more we become red with, 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 with the kingdom of Jesus, the more our hearts naturally react with patience, with love and joy, for so long, I thought, as a Christian, I've got like a checklist of like 40 different things. I need to get, deal with conflict resolution, conflict management. I need to deal with conflicts better. I need to have more patience. I need to stop lusting. I need to uh, witness to people, all these different things. But I realized it's not a checklist. I'm not striving for these things. If I'm just around the one who is this thing, I just flow. Okay? So this has to become our norm. We have to be jealous for this reality. Nothing else will do. Nothing else will do. Otherwise, if you don't live it, it says here in Romans, it's not, I'm going to skip around. So it says in Romans, I, in fact, where is this? Okay, yeah, Galatians 5.16 actually. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not do the desires of the flesh. Okay? So I grew up in church. I went to youth groups, not celebration, before that. Grew up in youth groups where 
They would teach us what not to do. Don't do this. Don't look at porn. You need to read the Bible. They would teach it out of obligation instead of just laying out the beauty of his spirit and saying, just come and taste and see that he's good. And once you begin to live in this realm, all the other stuff just begins to go away. You, you do more by, by just becoming a worshiper of him, not just on Sunday, but on your own. So you're riding your bike in the Dutch wilderness, <laughs> just worshiping him, worshiping him. And you, you, you come to a place where you end up doing all the law and more, and it becomes adventure to you, right? And so this is, this is what Jesus died for, to, to bring many sons to glory. I was, I was worshiping just before we left. We left on June 3rd to come to Germany. What time do I need to be done here? Oh, no, is it time? Okay, all right. Okay, whoa, but it's coming. Okay, okay, <laughs> sorry. Okay, so I was, I was, uh, I was worshiping the Lord, uh, actually, the day before we left, the kids were out. They went to, anyways, I'm just worshiping the Lord on my own and just dancing around before the Lord. And he, you know, he reminded me of the verse that he's not ashamed to call us his younger brothers and sisters, it says in Hebrews 2. I think it's Hebrews 2 4. He said, I'm not ashamed to call you my younger brothers and sisters. And I began to realize that, like, God's best hope was obviously Jesus, but he said, It's better that I go so the Holy Spirit comes. It's better that I go so that there's a million Dutchmen and women who take over Holland. And even, even many of you, you were sent from another country to be an au pair or whatever, but actually you were sent by the Lord to release the graces that are on your life, to be pollinated by what God has here, but in turn to pollinate, okay? So I want to close with this because I think, I think I have to close sometime soon. Music's on. So, but I want us to, I want us to think of this, okay? So So we're talking about being filled up with the Spirit, the red dust of His presence, which is available in worship. It says, we come into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. The closer we are to worshiping Him, and worship is not singing always, it's a posture of our heart to thank, to bless, the more all the, all the affections of the world just go away. I don't have to strive to get rid of them. They just disappear. They don't, they don't, they don't hold themselves. The rule of my life becomes, I want to live on an adventure with you. These other things are gone. But it says in, it says in uh, Romans as well, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Okay? So the, so the Spirit wants to lead us. We cannot be led if we don't hear His voice. Okay? Each of us heard His voice at least once. The voice of Jesus. Because it was His voice that drew us into the kingdom. How many of you guys remember when you gave your life to Jesus, you surrendered to Him? Come on, you were sitting there, maybe you're in your room, maybe your friend's talking to you over dinner or whatever, but there was something inside of you that says, this is for you. It was his voice, and he drew you into the kingdom, right? So one aspect of his voice, and your life changed. It says in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. So he's not just speaking the first time. He's speaking to all of us. This is not just uh, talking about the prophetic. Some people are like, well, I'm not a prophetic person, man. I'm not a prophet. It's like, no, no. The base level is my sheep hear my voice. The base level is I would learn any language in the world for my children to know that I love them. Right? I would learn any language in the world to build them up in significance, to equip them, to live a life of victory. Right? And so our Father is the same thing. So let's go ahead and, let's go ahead and stand up. I want to say really quickly, 
For many years, I, I believe that hearing God's voice was this audible voice. But I began to realize he speaks in many different small ways in the rhythms of our day, the natural rhythms of our day. He speaks often through little impressions. Let me ask you a question. How many of you guys have ever felt like the need to go pray for somebody? Okay. It was an audible voice probably. It wasn't, hey, Peter, go pray for that person. Hey, Case, go pray for that person. It was a little impression you know you needed to. How many of you guys... This is why when, when we worship the Lord, when we pray, we should really keep our eyes closed. How many of you guys got little pictures in your mind's eye when you're praying for people? This should be normative. There are certain aspects of the kingdom that can only be experienced in our imaginations, right? But he didn't just give us our imagination so we could imagine what an Audi in 2025 looks like, right? He gave it to us so that he can speak with us, right? So closing our eyes and realizing he's speaking in these ways. And so I want us to do this. Um, Let's close our eyes. The future of Holland and the Netherlands, it will be affected by how you live out the next year. It's a lie to believe otherwise. You are significant. I don't care if you take out the trash in a cafeteria, you are significant. You make our kingdom stronger. And our older brother Jesus died so he could put his spirit in you. So you could be led by him. You could be comforted by him. And you could live a life of adventure. His voice is more available than we realize. So I want you to ask Jesus this now. We're going to ask him in rest. And he's going to speak with you. It's in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. His love for you is immense. It's immense. You. You were the joy set before him. When he went to the cross. And I want you to ask Jesus, and then you're going to ask him and just rest, and he's going to speak with you. Jesus, would you show me a picture of how much you love me? Just keep your eyes closed and ask, Jesus, would you show me a picture of how much you love me? And then rest. He may whisper something. It may not be a picture. Maybe a word. Keep your eyes closed. Who here? Raise your hand if you felt like there was a picture or a whisper of something. Raise your hand. Okay. Cool. Let's ask another question. Jesus, would you show me two things that you love about my heart? Two things that you love about my heart, Lord. Would you speak those over me? You might say, I love that you are.
He may show you a picture of you talking to someone and it's revealing an aspect of your heart. Keep your eyes closed. Who here, you feel like the Lord kind of highlighted one thing about your heart. You asked him and there was, some, there was a thought in your thought life that corresponded to that question. Raise your hand. Okay, cool. Now I want you to ask him this. We'll do two more. Jesus, would you highlight one person this week who you want me to pray for. And when, when I say pray for, I mean like you're gonna pray for them. You're gonna lay hands on them and you're gonna pray for them or you're gonna pray for them over the phone. Jesus, would you, would you bring a person to my remembrance? Would you highlight a person? Just ask him and rest. person comes up, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> no, that's good. It just makes it more adventurous. It means you have to rely on him more. When he comes up, I want you to say, Lord, I'll be faithful. I'll be faithful. Reinhard Bonnke, who ended up leading 70 million people to, to Jesus in Africa, was driving by someone one day on a bike. He was on a bike. And God said, pray for that person. He stopped. He prayed for that man. He came to Jesus. That man was the first step in leading 70 million to Jesus. There's so many moments of significance in our lives. There's a whole realm to be captured by. Okay, this is the last question, and then I'll, I'll leave. Jesus, when in the rhythms of my week do you want me to begin to spend more time with you? And just ask him and rest. He's going to show you doing something. I might show you a room. When, Lord, and where? The difference between the men and women that we look up to in the body of Christ and perhaps how we live our existence is they simply realize his spirit is always available and they're not willing to star themselves to the next Sunday. They begin to feast on him. They begin to get around him, his presence, and it transforms them. So Lord, I just thank you, Father, God, I ask for a greater impartation of Jesus for each one of us, including me, Father. God, I ask that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we could see you in the rhythms of our day. You said, if you seek me, you'll find me. God, and just as if we lost our keys, we wouldn't stop until we found them, God, that each day when we begin to look for you, we begin to see the, the adventures, we begin to see the joy, the love that's available. We begin to be fascinated with the things of your spirit, 
with what if it's your voice? I got to do this. We begin to be fascinated by that reality and in so doing overcome all the thought patterns of fear and insecurity. We would come into living in a place where fear is foreign, insecurity is foreign. We would be seated, seated on, on things above, Lord. God, so I ask that you would, you would shove us in the door of that reality, God. More, me, shove me more. Each one of us, God. I thank you for what you're birthing here, the significance of this community, God. The beauty of this community. You would breathe it into them, God, that they're family, more. That we're family, that a brother from America loves them. That America cheers them on. Their generation's not yet born in the Netherlands that will be touched because of what they're doing here in Hilversum. They'll lay down their lives willingly for other generations, just as our older brother laid down his life for us. More of you, God. Increase in this city. Every church, let every church grow. Every church in this city, we champion each other. There's more lost here than they could fill every church. So let every church grow. Help us to love each other past our theology. Help us to honor each other for who we are and not dishonor for what we aren't. I thank you for what you're doing here. I love you, Lord. We love you. Amen.